You're listening to the EFC Podcast. David Wells is General Superintendent of the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada, which has 1,100 congregations across the country. In this podcast, Dave offers some deep encouragement about the great good that can happen during this time, while acknowledging the lament of this COVID-19 situation. I'm Karen Stiller, still at my kitchen counter. My friend Dave ends with a powerful prayer that blessed me, and I think it will bless you too. David, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, It's a privilege to be back with you, Karen. So my first question is um, like probably my biggest question, and that is how are your 1,100 payout congregations doing right now across Canada? Well, as one would expect, it's a very challenging time, but uh, the word that I'm hearing going together with the word challenge is uh, kingdom opportunity. And uh, so many of our churches and ministries have been showing really great initiative in finding ways to connect with people, show care, communicate the good news of Jesus. Um, So I'm very proud of our churches, ministries, their leaders, uh, because they've risen to the challenge, but it is challenging. Uh, for instance, our church has a, uh, a regional connection that they've set up based on postal codes and so on, and we're in one of those postal codes. Now, normally I'm traveling all over Canada and the world and rarely getting to the church, but my wife's much more engaged, and uh, she had a significant birthday the other day, and uh, all of a sudden she's on Facebook, and there's this video message from outside of the front of our house of one of the families wishing her a very happy birthday and that they'd left something for her to celebrate on this step. And so two to three hours after they'd actually been there, Susan goes out to the front porch and there it is. (laughs) And, uh, you know, that I know what that meant for us to receive, right? I mean, often... Uh, we're encouraging the givers and giving ourselves and putting out a lot. Um, but just that old little illustration out of our own home church, um, and we're not just looking after ourselves, we're looking after people in the community and multiple ways to connect. But uh, uh, it's, uh, it's very encouraging at the same time, very challenging. Yeah. Okay. So first of all, I'm dying to know what the present was, <laughs> but you don't have to tell me if you don't want to. <laughs> well, it, it was just a nice uh, home cooked stuff, and uh, all, you know, like it was very personalized, and uh, That's to- and and not a family that we would necessarily uh, know well from our church because it's a reasonable sized church, but. This has been an opportunity to connect with people that otherwise you might not normally connect with. And they and they weren't the first ones at the porch that day. <laughs> so Wow, that's so cool. Yeah, I I think what I am seeing, and I wonder you can tell me if this is what you're seeing, but um the ability to encourage one another within the church body feels easier to figure out uh for me than encouragement to the broader community and our neighbors, just, I guess, because of the nature of the restrictions. So um, can you, is that what you're feeling or are you able to reach out to neighbors in a way that is safe, but 
is coming kind of naturally. Yeah, um, my observation, and maybe this again comes back to our own local setting and frankly, more Susan's connectedness than my own. Uh, For instance, uh, we'll probably talk about this in a few minutes, but we were planning to have our national on-site general conference early May in Halifax. Uh, Susan was involved with a you know, major luncheon that was going to be held uh, with women plus other things. And she had arranged to ship out donated chocolate. I mean, almost pallets full of chocolate. <laughs> Suddenly, those pallets aren't going anywhere. <laughs> and yeah. uh, a lot of them ended up in the back of my vehicle getting transported back to our house because she was going to figure out some way uh, to deliver them. So here, here's the point. Um, I think churches and people that were already connected into the community are still finding ways to connect to the community. Even people that aren't directly related to the life of the church, but are in need. And all of a sudden, Sue lets the word out through one channel of communication that she has all this chocolate that she can sanitize and leave outside in plastic cases and the word gets out that if you're if you can use these to look after people that you're caring for in the community at a little and that stuff just went and this went off off our front again porch uh and I, I was around on zoom calls and everything listening to the doorbell ring and people doing the proper thing about physical distancing and everything and yet the conversations that were being held, and then the stories of where that stuff was going to. I mean, I was fighting the tears even while I'm trying to concentrate on Zoom calls and so on, because it was community-based, community-connected. So I think that's the point. If there was already pre-existing relationships, um, churches are still finding ways to be more outward, not just inward. And, of course, we need to do both. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I love how you use the term, you know, kingdom opportunity. And it's just, um, it is so good to hear these stories. Have there been other ones that have really struck you, David, that you've been hearing, you know, bubble up from the local church level? Yeah, I think uh, what I'm finding is there's, uh, you know, I I have this uh, brain that operates in uh in matrixes of how God's at work in his church, and it's somewhat based on the revelation. So some of what I've been describing, I would say, relates to uh, missional initiative and that outward uh, ability to connect. Um, But there's also the whole question about uh, spiritual renewal and spiritual intimacy and uh, relationship with God and others, you know, back to the core of the great command, love God, love us. So I think what we're seeing internally, starting right with individuals like myself, probably yourself, you know, right through to uh, then groupings of people is uh, Jesus to be who Jesus was on the planet, uh, knew the disciplines of solitude and simplicity. And if there's anything in our culture that rips away at us to truly be the people of God is to rob us of solitude and simplicity, to so complicate things, to keep us so much on the run, to keep us 
wishing we had more time for that relationship or time to read that book or time to connect with the Lord in a deeper way like we know we need. And I'd add especially time to be a family and to connect in our family relationships. Well, now we're stripped away. (laughs) Now they call it isolation. If we want to think kingdom opportunity, let's think about solitude and simplicity. Now we can zero in on the core things. Now we can have those times. And I know I'm one of those leaders that feels in some sense like I'm busier than ever. It's like there's this huge hopper over my head and over my computer, you know, pouring in loads of (laughs) opportunity and things that uh, need my attention. But I also know that I have the opportunity uh, to be more intimate with the Lord, to have ears to hear what he's saying. And so I see these kingdom opportunities in the life of the church to do the personal hard work of uh, being intimate with the Lord and spending time and, and actually reveling in the solitude that we, most of us, lament that we don't have enough of. And, and then let the, the lens come about the complications in our life, the complexities in our life compared to, uh, if you look at Jesus and his patterns, he had a, a simplicity about seek first the kingdom, about don't get cluttered with all these things. Keep it simple. Uh, why? So that you're free to serve, so that you're free to respond, so that you're free to be with the Father. You know, it's uh, it's all about freedom uh, is what simplicity is about. And as that's been hitting everybody, of course, there's loads of uh, initiative taking place to uh, be the unified family of God when it comes to things like prayer. So I'm getting bombarded. <laughs> if it's getting complicated at all, I'm getting bombarded by prayer movements and prayer opportunities and Zoom calls of literally thousands of people across the country that are coming together to pray and pray for a sense of uh, how God's speaking to us. And uh, yesterday I was on a prayer call with literally thousands of people and uh, repentance for how we as the body of Christ have been living our lives and maybe detached from the Lord and detached from one another and even detached from our communities. So, so you know, there's kingdom opportunity in that whole area of uh, getting our compasses back in order, <laughs> of getting our direction straightened out, uh, that prayerfully we won't go back to the norm. Uh, there will be, as is being phrased now, the new normal. There will be like a fresh day of of having things sorted out somewhat about what matters, what doesn't matter, uh, an intimacy with the Lord that we don't want to get away from. And uh, then away we go because, you know, life will bring its complexities and we will need to respond, uh, but hopefully with uh, a new bearing. Yeah, well, I was, I, as you were speaking, I was thinking, you know, what will the church look like after this? And I have read some um, rather, you know, pessimistic (laughs) uh, 
predictions, but what I'm hearing you say is is that there is uh, there will be a changed church, perhaps, and a, a reprioritized church, and a church that has done self reflection, and that's that's deeply encouraging because we're not going to forget this time. I I hope. No, I I would hope not. Um, I'm I'm especially and um, Susan with me praying for families. Um, because, you know, we have three adult children with spouses and, and grandkids, and uh, we know uh, the challenge of living life right now, uh, everybody having both careers and trying to raise kids. Uh, all our grandkids are under 10, all, you know, most of them in school. Uh, we get the picture, you know, and, uh, and yet still trying to instill a life of faith and, you know, have first things first and, uh, it's a very interesting time for a family to recalibrate and uh, and marriages to recalibrate and and they're getting time together. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> that is yeah, you know, how's that going for you? You know, it, it's <laughs> like um, you know, you can begin be craving to get back to normal. You know, me jumping on a plane, uh, you know, every few days and uh, escaping or whatever, but. Uh, you know, it's it's a great opportunity to say what are the main things. Uh, we do pray for families where, you know, there's the potential for, uh, you know, if homes have been uh, abusive, uh, you, you obviously uh, pray at a time like this that there will be a new day for that family, that there will be uh, transformation, uh, that children will be safe, spouses will be safe. You know, it's... Uh, so, I mean, uh, post this time, whatever that looks like, um, hopefully people in the life of the church will say, you know, I'm, I'm going to be a lot more connected to neighbor and um, be there to be there for even kids uh, in families that aren't connected to the life of the church and just, uh, you know, be a strength for them and um, help out that. Uh, neighbor next door who she sure seems to be carrying a lot of weight on her shoulders or boy the guy seems pretty haggard uh, lost in his career and maybe the the connections we've had from across the fence line over this time can deepen so yeah lots to ponder moving forward Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, you are a pastor to pastors and I, I'm Anglican so if, if you are Anglican you'd be my bishop, I think. <laughs> so I'm wondering um, how you are caring for your pastors right now and uh, what kind of support you're offering, or not you personally necessarily, but the structure, um, because I know it is a very stretching time for clergy. Uh, you know, that, that initial burst of energy around getting everything online, if it wasn't already, and, and all of that activity has probably settled down a little bit now. But I think our clergy are still being really stretched. So how are you supporting and what, what words of support would you offer to them? Yeah, I'm, um, again, I'm actually very proud of um, our, in our system, of course, we have eight districts across the uh, country that provide uh, direct uh, clergy care and uh, uh, are also congregational care. Uh, and they have to continue that. And I've just uh, been working with them, interacting with um, our district superintendents 
and uh, all of the staff that are working with them. I'm watching what they're providing both uh, online uh, and in the opportunity to zoom in. I'm watching our global. You can imagine having a global team that touches into over 70 nations and everything from emergency relief and development through one arm we have into you know, people uh, spread in all these countries involved in education and, and church life and so on. And uh, watching how our missions team has lined up these regular opportunities to, you know, get online and have coffee together. And how can we help you, uh, of, you know, over the Easter weekend to have a Good Friday communion for all of our global workers at three different times. Uh, the best time for them to phone in, but that the hundreds of them will be able to connect uh, with their leadership. And then the opportunities uh, even to go one-on-one. And I'm watching that, whether it's global or in our districts, and I'm watching them resourcing so very well, pragmatics about here's what the government's offering, here's how it could apply to your payroll. I mean, that's huge. You know, we had one church immediately because they weren't able to provide the services they normally provide. Uh, 13 staff had to go on EI right off the bat. So, you know, these are the harsh and uh, practical things that also have to be addressed. And again, I'm very proud of our team, whether at local district or national, international levels, they really have been responding. Frankly, we do have uh, an advantage um, of, of our size compared to a lot of our other denominational friends. And uh, so we've also been online uh, just last week on the EFC platform. We were able to pull together uh, close to 30 denominational leader friends. We would normally have been on a retreat together, so we still protected the time. And um praying together, but also good opportunity to interact about resources and everybody robbing shamelessly from one another. So that kind of networking goes broader than any one denomination. It's uh, it's happening nationally. And I hope that encourages people because one of the byproducts of this thus far is an even deeper unifying of the Church of Jesus in Canada on multiple levels. Yeah, I really hope that happens. I think that, that there is so much opportunity to learn from each other. And that's, you know, what we're trying to do with the podcast right now, for example, just um, see what people are doing so that other people can maybe take from that. Yeah. And uh, again, it's amazing the variety of things that need to be addressed. And that's probably why I still have a job today. <laughs> it's, you know, we're, we're just dealing with uh, the complexity of uh, being supportive to all the different uh, scenarios that are needed. Like you say earlier, from just for some people, just how to get online in a very simple way. And uh, there were full tutorials, <laughs> you know, available to people that were being generated from multiple sources to help people do that all the way through to how do you deal with employment issues and how do you deal with uh, care for the caregiver during times like this. And so I thank, thank God, you know, he's, he's worked through his people to ensure people have that resource if they're looking for it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So Dave, you mentioned a conference you folks have coming up. Is there anything else you'd like people to sort of know about from Payock World? And then I'm going to ask you to end us actually with a blessing uh, to people who might be listening to this. So um, I'll, I'll get you to answer the Payock question first, and then I'll unpack a little more of what I'm going to ask you to do. Yeah, thanks, Karen. Uh, we, we uh, one of our main tasks and challenges was that we were scheduled to be on site in our biennial general conference, including uh, uh, deciding whether I should continue to serve as general superintendent. So it was a pretty important conference, at least to some of us. Uh, And we were seeing very strong registration. We were going to be dealing with our statement of essential truths and um, kind of refreshing the language to be much more current and and all of a sudden, uh, you know, we're force measure, we're not doing it. So uh, we had to make our adjustments to be a five-hour online conference. So I welcome anyone who's listening to keep praying for us. Um, and there was a lament in that because, um, you know, the vision God gives you for a conference is not just to run a conference. It's what's underneath it. How do you feel the Spirit is speaking to us as a church and uh, you build the plenaries. In fact, we went to be totally plenaries that were going to be participatory, that we're going to have um, shared uh, prayer around tables, uh, feedback from those tables that would help to shape our future vision and direction. And so there was quite a lament that we weren't uh, able to proceed. So it's a, it's been a great lesson in this, again, crisis uh, and to see kingdom opportunity, but also you know, a lament about things not being the way you would want them to be. And uh, you learn a lot from the Lord in those seasons. So he's teaching us and probably teaching a lot of other people. Um, As a fellowship, we had uh, just in the last couple of days, the uh, first passing of one of our credential holders due to the virus. And so that hits really close to home for, um, I was uh, that, woman and her husband's uh, district superintendent out in BC not so long ago, and it, it really hits close to home. So, uh, you know, we're all praying for each other at this time. Uh, and so I welcome your prayers and uh, uh, the prayers of the broader Church of Jesus. Uh, and we, we just need to be praying for one another, even across denominational lines. And the POC really needs uh, your prayers as we respond and we run an online conference and what that looks like and how do you do it with uh, the meeting quotas that there are right now in order to uh, create uh, physical distance. And so, <laughs> it, it, but um, yeah, I think in the midst of uh, experiencing all that we've experienced right from family and personal all the way through to being national and international leadership, um, you know, I can pray for us and pray together with you and do it, do it with knowledge. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I would love, I mean, you use the word lament and we've talked about opportunity and this is definitely a time that is bringing those two realities together. And I would just love if you would um, end, end us by, you know, blessing uh, the people who might be listening to this and just... Um, yeah, just bringing us that that beautiful care that I know you're giving to so many right now. That would be wonderful. 
Yeah. Thank you, Karen. And uh, I pray together with everyone now who's listening in and will listen in. Gracious God, we pause first of all to be worshipers. Uh, when our hearts are overwhelmed, we are led to a rock uh, that is higher than us. And we thank you, God, that in this time of challenge, we have a rock that is higher than us. And again, our posture today, Lord, is to lean in and to lean on you and to listen to your spirit's voice and to be led, Lord, to respond as you would guide us and direct us. I pray, first of all, for those who are feeling the heavy weight of this uh, crisis time. It's real. We're not in denial. We recognize that it has caused uh, great challenges and hardship. I know the emotions that even within my own family circle are being expressed, some levels of anxiety. Lord, I pray for the anxious today. I pray for those who are dealing with harsh realities of changed incomes or great challenge to be with family that they wish they could be with right now. Those who have uh, family members or congregational members that are in hospitals and they can't even connect with them in a, in a real way. Lord, uh, let them just sense your tangible presence with them right now. May we hear the words of scripture that we can be anxious, in, uh, but be anxious in nothing for you are with us. And if you're with us, you're also with the very people that we are concerned for. We pray for the sick. We pray for those who need a touch physically in Jesus name. We thank you for his healing power to be expressed in their lives. For those who need, Lord, emotional strengthening and care, come by your powerful presence and let there be strength in the inner person. Let them be strong in you and in the power of your might. And Lord, I pray specifically for those who are providing leadership, spiritual leaders, pastors, those who are providing guidance in uh, family life and, Lord, so many other contexts where leadership is needed. I pray, Lord, that we will not just do that in our own strength, but we will gain wisdom from above. We honor you as creator today and thank you for the creativity that isn't just shown in the world around us as we marvel at your creation, but it's shown in moments like this when you bring creative thought and creative direction, when you bring wisdom, words of wisdom and knowledge about who needs care right now, who needs that phone call. Lord, thank you for being uh, that strength to us in creativity and wisdom. And Lord, supply. I pray for those who are anxious about physical supply and finances that can carry right through to the life of a church and ministry as well as individuals. Lord, um, you are Jehovah Jireh, so thank you for your provision in people's lives and meeting the needs that there are in congregations and in larger ministries. Lord, just be there as the strength for those ministries. And in all, Lord, do lead us, do teach us, 
to help us move into a future that is lined up to your North Star, to your compass, to your priorities. Let the main things be the main things in our lives, both individually, as families, as faith communities moving forward. Lord, may we seek first your kingdom and its righteousness and find that everything is added to us. We pray this in the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. Thank you for listening to this podcast. To listen to more and to subscribe to Faith Today, Canada's Christian magazine, please visit www.theefc.ca forward slash faith today.